Hi, this is Jordan Shively. This is Brock Wilburn. And you're listening to Caring Into the Void, the podcast where we get together, tell each other about a kind of a weird story, maybe a creepy story we've heard, and then try and find the silver lining or flip it into something that would maybe not positive will at least be productive. How you doing this week, Brock? Mad at everything. Just yeah. kind of carry on something dark in my heart and very heavy. And uh, boy, it's good to be talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, dark and heavy, that seems on brand for us. So, mm. let's get into it. <laughs> what do you got for us this week? The story I want to talk about today is a little different. A lot of the weird stories, cryptids, and legends we talk about work their way into movies and novels. But this time, I want to talk about an Australian piece of literature and cinema that instead worked its way into urban legend. That's right. I'm going to talk about Picnic at Hanging Rock. I knew it was coming. Oh, this rules. Thank you so much. Oh, I can feel it in my bones. I was like, there's only one. If you've read the 1967 novel by Joan Lindsay or seen the movie adaptation, you know it's a story set in 1900 about a group of teenage boarding girls who go hiking at a monolith called Hanging Rock and then disappear along with one of their teachers. The story is a beautiful fever dream about compulsion and time, and Lindsay insinuates that there was something out of time about the top of Hanging Rock, and that there was more than just the oppressive heat and droning insects that compelled the girls one by one to climb the mountain. I'm not going to go into all the theories and search parties that are part of the story because, one, spoilers, but secondly, the really interesting part of Picnic at Hanging Rock is that Joan Lindsay, the author, claims that she dreamed it. And not just the idea of a singular dream, but experienced it in successive installments over the course of several nights, each dream picking up from where the last one left off. She even went so far as to say that when she awoke, her skin was blistered from the heat and her hair full of the smell of sun and earth which I find very curious based on one of the phenomena you told us about, Brock, in a previous episode. Oh. Could she have been dreaming but also bilocating through a geographical time slip to witness these events? At first, after writing the book, she was very insistent that it was a work of fiction. But as the years went by, she began to let slip more details of how she had dreamt it. And when asked if any of it was based in reality, she began to answer that she did not know for sure. Over the years, more books and films have been made on the subject and parallels drawn between Hanging Rock and Mountain Macedon, and also between the school and actual boarding schools in the area during 1900s. It also later came to light that she had written a final chapter that actually summed up and explained the mystery, and it was published much later as The Secret of Hanging Rock. It was only 12 pages, but definitely went to some very bonkers places. I'm not going to spoil it for our listeners because for a lot of people, what they love about Hanging Rock is the dreamlike, unsolved mystery of it all. But you can Google it or buy the last chapter and find out for yourself whether you think it adds evidence to the story having been something Lindsay experienced because of some psychic temporal disturbance or just some really good marketing. So you've seen the movie, Brock? Yes, I've seen the movie and the director, Peter Weir, 
the film that he made before this, it, it's only his second film, uh, and the very first film he made that was made the same year uh, was a film that he made called The Cars That Ate Paris. Uh, and it's also set in Australia, and it is about a town of 148 people called uh, Paris, Australia. And the entire town runs on an economy of making sure that everyone drives through there, dies in a car accident, or is horribly maimed by it. They then uh, steal all their belongings uh, and, and sell them to make money. And then the, the people that survive are taken to a local hospital and lobotomized uh, so that a very earnest surgeon can perform surgery on them. It is billed as a horror comedy. Uh, and uh, I will leave the comedy element up to you, the viewer, should you choose to check out uh, The Cars That Ate Paris, because it is uh, equally dreamlike in its nature and low budget and Australian and 1970s based, uh, you know, have a have a fun, wacky time with that one. Yeah, it's like the idea of like maybe harkening back to our first episode when we talked about the Slender Man and the idea that media over time works itself into legend and urban legend and belief through people changing it and word of mouth and different versions of the movie and different books being written that this becomes, even if it's dried out in fiction, it no longer matters because now it is like a legend about this place. Right, absolutely. <laughs> um, and the carrying into the void moment I have for that story is you are more than a time-worn path and silent dreaming towers of rock. Even if there are those who would seek to climb your heights without thought for anything other than their need to be higher than others, that does not define you. You remain long after their bones have surrendered their dust to time, and all they thought so important, all the things they brought with them to litter your ravines and outcroppings has just become a part of you, an addition that strengthens you, another layer of strata, all building you up till you reach that place where their efforts are nothing more than a story you remember vaguely, like a fevered summer day that passed on like any other while you remained inviolate sufficient and always more than they could ever imagine I like that yeah so that's Picnic at Hanging Rock very good movie people should check out also we should have more happy picnic stories <laughs> what's your story this week so my story this week is uh, normal as always it's uh, Siberia's Door to the Underworld sweet so uh, there is a Siberian crater known as the Door to the Underworld, which uh, is quickly expanding and is revealing millennia of climate data along with long-lost forests and the remains of prehistoric animals. Totally normal shit. Love it. Love to see it happening. The uh, Batagaika Crater, which is also known as the Mega Slump, which is, uh, you know, a normal thing to have happen in the world, uh, plunges into the permafrost in the Northern Republic of Siberia. So uh, this uh, kilometer long, 330 foot deep chasm has been growing since the 60s as a result of climate change. As the permafrost thaws and softens, large sections of the soil collapse, revealing a wealth of bizarre geological and biological material, which is then exposed to the heat and to uh, the normal world. And, you know, I don't know, how many froze animals are down there that are uh, waking up right now, uh, thawing out and uh, coming back? Extreme weather events like flooding have accelerated the process, and the crater is now gobbling up around 100 feet of tundra per year uh, and emits enormous booming sounds as large clods of soil fall in. So it is 
just this giant hole in the earth that won't stop expanding and is speeding up rapidly. And as it goes down, uh, we're digging so deep that it is cutting into these surfaces of the earth that like we shouldn't be down there. We shouldn't be getting down into things that were in the BC years uh, as quickly as we are and just letting them have a, a pathway uh, up to the top here. And the problem is that uh, scientists think that we're going to start seeing a lot more of these. Like, this is not a Siberia-only thing, that this is something that'll just start popping up other places. And like, uh, you know, good, 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 good. Uh, so the, the more heat we have, the more uh, giant gaps into the underworld uh, will start popping up. So my carrying into the void this week is this. Well, finally, an express route. It shouldn't surprise us that it shows up here, obviously, but it's just nice to know that there's a way forward. I mean, downward and forward, I suppose. What excites me most is not just that I might finally have a way home, but that so many down there might have an escalator up to the near future. It's time for you to come back, guys. It's time for second chances and conversations and picnics. The world increases in heat every day, and quite frankly, many of you may not notice the difference. But at least we can sit down, have a tea, and chat about what we all wished we could have been. Maybe there's still time to make a change. I swear to God, I wrote picnics in this before I heard your thing. I didn't realize it was there until just now. Awesome. I'm, I, oh, mm, chef's kiss. Door to hell. More of like a gash to hell. <laughs> Title of my sex tape. Hello, uh, there is a brief aside here. It is a moment of caring into the fiscal liquidity. That is our ad zone. We are doing ads now. People are paying us money. You can pay us money if you would like to advertise with us. Today, uh, we have an ad from Adam Bertacci, the author of the critically acclaimed viral Shakespearean mashup, The Two Gentlemen of Lebowski. He wants to shamelessly advertise a couple of spooky short stories available for Kindle. They're romantic comedies for the most romantic holiday, Halloween. You might be interested in this. The first is The Usual Werewolves. This is kind of a Twilight parody meets the American graffiti meets John Hughes. It's about an outcast girl who thinks she's in love with a sexy, sparkly vampire until she spends a Halloween night driving around with the geeky guys at her school, the werewolves. <laughs> to quote one reviewer, it's funny and adorable and I cannot believe how much I liked it. Item number two on the Adam special here is X marks the spot. That's X, E-X. Also in the John Hughes Halloween hijinks vein, it's all about a sarcastic girl stuck taking her little brother out trick-or-treating. Well, she runs into the ex-boyfriend she's been ghosting. Awkward. Oh, and by the way, she's dressed as a pirate. That's what makes the title very funny. The Usual Werewolves and X Marks the Spot are both available on Kindle right now. And that has been our moment of caring into financial liquidity. What have you been doing to take care of yourself this week? <laughs> I have been doing nothing to take care of myself, so that's on you this week to let people know self-care. I have just been working and fretting. So. <laughs> My uh, self-care for the week is this thing that I, I, I rarely dabble in, but like I, I'm trying to do more of it, and it's called shutting the fuck up. Oh. You know, uh, sometimes uh, you just don't need to say anything. And sometimes, even when you should say something yeah it's kind of nice to know like you know what this isn't going anywhere i'm not gonna change hearts or minds and uh, especially as we approach uh, november and the impending uh, 
election and the death of our democracy, uh, I just uh, I just uh, started uh, tapping out of things where I'd normally be like, you know what? This person should know why they're wrong. And uh, I'm realizing I'm not going to fix or change anybody. I'm going to go do the work that I'm going to do. Uh, I'm not giving up on anything. I'm not uh, playing dumb or stupid or staying quiet. But uh, I'm doing a lot of shutting the fuck up. And, and that has been a thing that I think has been a theme of mine from 2020 uh, is not just for these sort of situations, but also for recognizing like, hey, does this conversation that's happening require your 35-year-old white boy voice and opinions. And uh, if it is not uh, desperately needed, no, just don't. Yeah, everyone else here has got it, and uh, somebody better is probably handling it. That's been great for me. It's been a great year to be running a uh, journalistic institution and to know that like there are so many issues that I'm like, you know what? I go to go hire a freelance writer to cover this that uh, actually has lived this experience versus me being an outsider trying to write about why this should matter or, or what we should be doing. And uh, shutting the fuck up is paying off incredible dividends for me. So uh, I encourage you all to try it. <laughs> Carry to the void, telling you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, so my signal boost this week is actually a book that just came out. It's called Scapegracers, and it is by Hannah Abigail Clark. And it is like, what if the craft was way gayer way creepier and wasn't about women tearing each other down. I did a review on it and I said that after reading it was like staring directly into a coruscating radioactive blast of gay angst and darkly glorious magic. You can find Hannah Abigail Clark on Twitter at Saffomancer with two P's and you should pick that book up today if you like teen disaster lesbian witches. Yeah, I think that's our entire audience. Yeah. And all do. dark grimoires that might be alive, who knows? Wonderful. Yeah, it's a fucking awesome book. I've read it twice already. Can't recommend it enough. How about you? I'm going to lift up a project uh, from the Double Clicks out of Portland, a wonderful nerd music group that has always been wildly progressive and so cool and inclusive for everybody. The two of them have put up a project it's up on uh, justgiving.com, and it is a mixtape to encourage voting. And so it is 60 uh, musicians and comedians that are all huge names, all contributing to a project. Donate whatever you want towards it. You get the, uh, the mixtape to download, uh, and all the money from it goes to the Voter Participation Center, uh, which was founded to provide resources and tools to help voter-eligible citizens register and vote in the upcoming election. Their goal is to boost the civic engagement of unmarried women, people of color, and 18 to 29-year-olds, the three demographic groups who comprise the rising American electorate. Right now, they're focusing on registering voters and supporting vote by mail, uh, and they are wildly badass. So all of the money, every dime of it goes to that, uh, perhaps ahead of election. Uh, if you're following my advice on doing the shutting the fuck up, uh, toss a few bucks this way, uh, enjoy some great laughs, and uh, know that other voices are, are being uh, brought to the table here. Awesome. I guess that's it for this week. You have anything else you want to add? Just that you're a great guy, and I'm so proud of you. <laughs> well, on that note, remember, <laughs> keep your hearts dark and true and your teeth sharp and mini, and we'll see you out there in the void. Till next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
carrying into the void is recorded. It actually was never recorded. This is a dream. <laughs>